0: Never stops, making moves, set the plot. what we do, never lose, heading straight to the top. Stop. What's going on, everybody? Eric Levana here. This is Money Talks Podcast, episode number three. Here my partner, David Medina. What's going on, David? How you doing? You looking fired up? You looking excited? You looking <laughs> highly Yo, motivated
1: right now, man. <laughs> You always have a lot of uh, enthusiasm, a lot of energy, which I, I really appreciate and I really enjoy. Well, that's because I'm jacked up, fired up, and excited, bro. Yeah. And I
0: just <laughs> literally chugged my Celsius, so I'm fired up. So what's up, everybody? Uh, this episode, uh, we're gonna be talking about another deal that we've done in the past, and this one's a little bit different from episode two. Yeah. Episode two was a Grand Slam slash unicorn that you don't really see. Uh, you know, we bought the property at 500K. All in at 740 sold it for $905, $150,000, $154,000 in net profit yep. on that deal. Yep. This one that we're going to actually do a deep dive on right now is actually a little bit different. Um, this one uh, is, I would say, a base hit, yep. right? I would say a base hit, um, different area, right? Um, different exit strategy. Uh, we acquired it a little bit different. We found yep. the deal a little bit different. Um, And uh, we're going to go into this one. I think a lot of people can learn from this one as well because um, it's it's – you have to go into it, and every like you said earlier in the episode, every deal is different, Yeah. right? And this is exactly a perfect example of it. So,
1: and, and I actually happen to like this one a little bit more okay. than uh, the one in episode two, okay? Uh, just because, like you said, the way we acquired it, right? The way we, you know, we found it, um, you know, and all the people involved in it, right? So it was a little bit uh, for me. I like this one better, even though it was less money that we made on this, right? But like you said, I think a lot of people would take a lot of uh, inf- uh, good gold nuggets out of this. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and they can learn from this. Okay,
0: cool. Let's get into it, guys. Um, so, for this specific property, the last uh, property that we talked about was in Chatsworth, California. This one is in South LA. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, Borderline Watts. Borderline Watts. Yeah. Borderline Watts. So, obviously, super different demographic. Completely different. Super different end buyer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, let's get into it. So, as first, I remember this. Um, how did we find the
1: problem? Obviously I know, but I'm just asking yeah, you no, no, so of you course. can let us know. So, you know, as time has progressed, you know, we talked about getting deals through our network, right. whether it be wholesalers and the realtors. Right. Um, so in this particular case, we actually have a in-house acquisitions team. Right. So we kind of try to cut down the middlemen. Right. Cut them out uh, as far as the wholesaler goes. Right. And we ended up having a in-house acquisitions team that was doing all the cold calling, doing the marketing, etc. So uh, one of our guys actually came across this deal, called the seller, you know, built report for about a week or so, okay. and then finally we ended up walking the property. Got it. So um, again, this was more in house, and this is again, we talked about how can you get involved in real estate. Right. You know, you have the capital, be a capital partner, or you do it yourself. Right. Or you know, the third option, which is, hey, you know what, bring a deal to the table. Right. So in this case, you know, our in house guy technically speaking would be considered like the wholesaler. He was the one that brought the right. deal to the table. Right. Right. So that's that's why I kind of like this deal. Right. Is because, you know, we were able to share it all in-house. Right. You know, teach a new person also how to negotiate, how to find a deal, how to cold call, right. You know, how to walk a property, how right. to do the inspection. Right. You know, so now we're duplicating ourselves.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So obviously we found this through our in-house acquisition team. Um, they you know obviously talked with the seller they built rapport yeah. they nurtured the lead they negotiated they walked the, we walked the property yeah. right and then we came to agreement on price yeah. now with this property though i remember there was a situation yeah. right on this property yeah. right and usually um it was a little little bit of a risk to take
1: it on uh, this was very high risk right one we were talking about location right right we're, yeah. we're in watts right uh two this came with a tenant with a tenant
0: Tenant in place. So for those people who don't know, um, I've learned this uh, just doing real estate for the past year. You don't usually wanna buy a tenant, a house with a tenant, right? Mm-hmm. In, lo- in Los Angeles.
1: Yeah. Tell me why, David. So in LA, uh, it's the RSO Rental Stabilization Ordinance, also known as rent control. Got it. So in the city of LA and, and all over California at this at this uh, point in time, uh, you know, there's rent control, but city of LA is very difficult. Yeah. Uh, they value the tenant more, or they at least they they favor the tenant more. There's more tenant laws, right? Uh, than they do for landlords, right? So to evict somebody, it's it's very difficult. Very difficult. very difficult. So, if, you, if you're if you in the business of fixing and flipping, right, right. it's supposed to be short term. You're in, you're out. Right. Right. So, when you buy a property that has a tenant in place, you know, it's not going to be a quick, you know, three month turnaround, four month turnaround, right? Right. Right. This could end up being a six month, 12 uh, month, you know, right. a whole year type of deal depending on the situation. So, it's very difficult. Uh, we we, we rolled the dice on this one. To be honest, now looking back at it, yeah. I didn't know how big of a risk it
0: was. Yeah. And so I'm looking at it now like, yo, this could have turned in really bad, like really quick, bro.
1: Absolutely. I'm a little, I'm looking at you a little different right now, bro. (laughs) this,
0: This was a gamble. This was a gamble.
1: Yeah, but you know, it goes back to the, uh, Shit, the, the the whole reason for it. And again, it was an in-house deal. Right. Um, I looked at it as an opportunity, not just to continue to expand and teaching. You know, you know our capital partners. Right. You know, in this case, yourself um, and others as well. Right. But you know, also the our in-house uh, team as right. well. You know, it was more of a training. Uh, the way that I looked at it, training. And worst case scenario, you know, we would just you know hold on to it. We bought it at a. Discounted price, like we always do, right. so that even if we had to keep the tenant there in place, it would have paid off as far as the, the mortgage every every uh, every month. Right. But um, you know, let me let me dive into this if you don't mind. Go for it. Go so for it. so you know. The, so what the, was the situation? Yeah. So the seller was actually trying to get rid of the property because the tenant you know was a little bit of a pro- problematic tenant. Okay. Okay. Uh, at the same time, you know, they were looking to relocate into the Inland Empire. Okay. So again, they had a property that it was an investment property. Right. Okay, so the seller didn't, didn't live in the property. Uh, it, was a, it was an investment property. They were trying to liquidate that in order to purchase something else in the Inland Empire. Right. Okay, and at the, at the time, they were asking roughly, I think about 400,000. Uh, they wanted 400,000 um, plus or minus, and then our, uh, you know, our acquisitions uh, manager, he brought them down to about maybe 380. Right. Between 380, 400,000, something like that, if, I, if my memory serves me right. And then we ended up walking the property, and okay. so once we ended up property walking the property, you know, I walked it with the acquisitions manager. Um, I built a report with the seller as well. Okay. Let them know that hey, listen, I understand your situation. You know, you got to get rid of this property, but you know, you can't list the property on the MLS because you have a tenant in place. Right. And so, you know, for those that you know are familiar or not familiar, when you put a property on the MLS um, and you list the property, again, you have to do open houses. You know, people want to walk the property and right. when you have a tenant in place, it makes it very difficult, especially yeah. if they don't cooperate right. to show the property. So right. technically speaking, this is a property or or a deal that nine out of ten times has to be purchased cash or through an investor. Right. Right. Someone who is a little bit more experienced and understands, you know, what how to handle this type of transaction. Right. But with that being said, because it's an investor that's buying it they're not gonna pay top dollar. Right. You know, we, we, we need it at a discount. Right. So um, after we took pictures, we walked the property, we were able to speak to the tenants as well, build a little bit of report there. Okay. It turns out that um, they were actually looking to leave the property, but they didn't want a relocation fee because we offered Cash for Keys. Cash for Keys. Explain what Cash for Keys is. Right. So when when you're looking to relocate a tenant, right? there's multiple ways of doing it, right? you can either relocate them the proper ways, which you go through the city and depending on, you know, how many tenants, how many years have been there, right. you know, the age of the tenants as well, um, you know, you, you can look that up. Um, it There's ranges between $5,000 all the way up to like $21,000 plus or minus something like that. I don't know right. what the exact number is, but the point is maximum about twenty twenty one thousand dollars 21000 to right. relocate a tenant, right. right? And even then, if you offer that, the tenant still has the right to reject that and right. stay in place. Right. And at that point, there's really nothing you can do. Right. Especially if they if they are paying, you know, the, right. the the rent. Right. So one way is again relocating them, giving relocation fees, going through the proper channels. Got it. Second way of doing it is giving them cash for keys, or you know, saying, hey, you know what? Um, here's five thousand dollars. You know, here's three thousand. Here's eight thousand. Whatever it is, which is similar. To what I just explained, right. But now this instead of going through the proper channels as far as the city, city or anything like takes that takes longer. It takes a little bit longer. You got to fill out the paperwork, right. You know, some tenants are, you know, just open to just taking the cash, right. Right. You know, and um, and and just move moving out. Now, you know, right. 30 days, 60 days, whatever. Right. So in this particular deal, we offered cash to relocate them, right. Um, but what they really wanted is was time, okay. Because they were moving to another state, and they said, Hey, you know what? We don't want the money but can you give us about 3 2 to 3 months. Right. Okay. So, so this was kind of like a cooperative tenant. It was a cooperative tenant to, to a certain degree, right? Right. They just weren't they weren't they didn't have a good relationship with the with the landlord okay. or with the owner at the time, but when we stepped in, again, we understood their pain, we understood right. their situation. Right. And so again, we built rapport and and you know, they were a lot more cooperative with us right uh, than with the landlord. So we were able to uh come to an agreement in writing. So that's another thing is. If you are going to come to an agreement with a tenant to relocate, you want to make sure that um, you have that in writing. So what is like called a vacancy agreement? It could be a vacancy agreement. It could be a formal agreement. I mean, honestly, any type of agreement. You know, you could write on, on the napkin. You know, I'm exaggerating here, but the point right. is, you have to want to have something in writing. Got it. Uh, you definitely would be a lot better to have a vacancy or agreement okay. or something that's drafted. You know, right. by either uh, uh, you know real estate professionals right. or an attorney. Okay. Um, but anyways, anything that just says, hey, look. I, so-and-so, the tenant, you know, uh, agree, agree. Right. to vacate the property, you know, at, at whatever point. Yeah. Okay. So, in this case, we did give them about, uh, it was three months. Okay. We give them three months, and then we were able to negotiate the price from the original price that the guy wanted, about four hundred, four twenty. dollars uh, We came down to 365000 Okay. Yeah. Got
0: it, and I think the reason why he came down to three sixty five was one, he was able to sell the property, and two, he didn't have to deal with the tenant anymore, mm-hmm. right? We were taking on that liability, yeah, right? To buy the property, he gets paid out, and then we take the headache on with the
1: tenant. We take the headache on, and and again. You know, for the seller, he doesn't have to worry about appraisals, right? Because when we purchase property, you know, it's it's considered. You know, we take all the contingencies in place, right? So, what are the contingencies in place for a typical buyer? You have an inspection contingency, right? Right. Meaning, you know, when you're buying retail, when you're buying, you know, your first-time home buyer, right? And you're you're looking to purchase a property, uh, you do an inspection, and they give you roughly 7, 10, 14 days to do a inspection, and right. that's. One of the contingencies, meaning I will purchase this property contingent Mm -hmm, of me doing an inspection of the property. Right. Right. So when we purchase property, we don't have an inspection contingency in place. Buy as is. Exactly. So we're buying it as is. Right. And so for the seller, hey, look, we have a tenant in place, not cooperative, doesn't want to let people in. Right. So we can't have people coming in and out, you know, contract, et cetera. So one, no contingency inspection. Second thing is we don't have appraisal contingency. Because, again, we're buying cash. Right. So, again, as a traditional buyer, after the first contingency, which is the inspection, you have a second contingency, which is the appraisal. Got it. Right? Because you're getting a loan. So now the lender that's giving you the loan has to go out there, send their appraiser, and evaluate the property, which compare time. it to other right. uh, properties in the area, and then they give it a value to see whether or not this is a good purchase price that right. the buyer is, is making. Right. So that's, again, we're not doing the appraisal contingencies because we're not getting a traditional loan. And the third uh, and final contingency, uh, as far as standard contingency goes, is the loan contingency. So again, as a seller in this situation, he doesn't have to wait for us to get a loan approved, Right. right? So we can close in 10 days, seven days, you know, however fast we want, right. right? So for a traditional buyer, once again, after they've done the inspection contingency, after th- they've done <laughs> the appraisal contingency, now they still have a loan contingency. Right. Now, meaning that after they've done all that, the bank still has to say, okay, we approve you, and now we're going to loan docs. Right. And so that typically takes about 20 days plus or minus, right, right. depending right. on who you're working with as a lender. So from a seller's perspective, in this c- case, you have a tenant that's not cooperative with him. Um, they wanna sell quick. Because they have another deal in the inland empire that they need to move on. And so we come with a solution of, hey, we'll take the property, cash, we'll take it with the tenant in place. We're not gonna do inspections, you know, we're not gonna do appraisal and we're not waiting to get approved for a loan. Right. So it's this is why, you know, at the same time we provide a service for other individuals, you know, for sellers as well. Right. Because without, you know, someone like us that's gonna come in and buy this cash, right, they have to, they have to try to, you know, put it on the market, right? And go through all
0: those hula hoops
1: and, and, and yeah. it might not even go through. And it at might not day. even go through, exactly. Right, right. Yeah, so there's no other way of them getting their money off. out. And then at the end of the day, there's commissions as well. Commissions, closing costs, all that stuff, yeah, right. absolutely. Okay. So, so for them, when we came down to 365 and we're taking the tenant in place, you know, uh, it wasn't his ideal situation, but we were able to, you know, let him, you know, look at the bigger picture and he agreed to the price.
0: This episode was brought to you by Luxem Capital. We maximize returns for investors through value add real estate. If you've been wanting to get involved in real estate and just not know how, or maybe you have some lazy money sitting in the bank not making money, you have an opportunity to become a capital partner with Luxem Capital. What does that mean? That basically means one, we find highly discounted properties, manage them, rehab them and sell them for a profit and you sit back and collect a check. You become an equity partner in every single transaction that Luxem Capital participates in. If that sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can reach us at luxemcapital.com. Thanks for tuning in. Perfect. All right, purchase price, three hundred sixty-five
1: yeah. with tenant in place. Yeah. How did we fund this? So uh, this one, again, is the same thing. You know, we, we, you know, we JV'd on this one. Right. Um, total cash that we, we were uh, needed on this deal was 126000 Okay. So we we came in uh, half and half on this, 50-50. On this particular deal, we put fifteen percent down. Right. Okay. So, and the interest rates what was at an eight point nine nine. Okay. So, on the previous deal, we had a nine point nine nine, was a ten percent. On this one, we had an eight point nine nine, which is nine percent, a little bit better. Right. Okay. But we also put uh, fifteen percent down versus a ten percent down that we put on the other deal. Got it. Okay. Okay.
0: Cool. So, we purchase price at three sixty five. Down payment at fifty six thousand. Loan amount is three sixteen. Yeah. Uh, at an 8.99% interest rate. We went half on half on this. We JV'd, okay? As far as rehab, right? Well, first of all, how long did it take? When did we agree for the tenants to actually leave the property? Because we bought the property, but the tenant was still there, living there. Yeah. So how long did it take for the tenant to leave?
1: Uh, It ended up being two and a half months. Two and a half months. Yeah, so we had calculated three months. Right. But they actually moved out uh, two and a half months later. Okay. Um, Again, like you said it, it was a gamble it was a gamble because they could have literally just said we're not leaving right yeah so we were very lucky very fortunate enough that uh mm. again because we built report in the beginning which is very key you know uh we were very communicative whatever they needed we we you know we provided right and at the end they were able to move two and a half months later okay Yeah. so once they vacated two and a half months later then we can actually go in there correct
0: right and start rehabbing the property correct now because of the area, we're in Watts, yeah. right? What was your mind? What was your thought process on the rehab? Because this was going to be a little bit different, yeah. right? And buyer than you know the other areas that we're used to doing, right? Yeah. Lower income, yep. right? So, when it comes to those types of properties and those types of areas, obviously everything changes as far as rehab costs, right? right. So. Tell me your thought process on going in on the rehab costs.
1: Well, when we underwrote the deal, we uh, we underwrote this selling at four hundred and fifty thousand. So that was the first thing. Right. Okay. So I'm going to go backwards on this. So we we anticipating that we we're going to sell this at four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay. And we bought this at three sixty five. Right. So again, this goes back to what you asked in episode two, which is like, hey, how do you? What's the, what's the spread? What's the right. margin? Right. This one didn't fit didn't that criteria that. to right. be honest with you. Right. But so because of that, you know, we decided, hey, we're going to do just a quick. What what you know what you like to call a lipstick remodel, right? Or a cosmetic remodel. Yes. Meaning, we change the carpet, we paint the interior, we paint the exterior, we touch on the bathroom and the kitchen, and then we put it back on the market. Right. So on on this particular deal, we only spend about thirty thousand dollars in rehab. Okay. Versus other transactions, eighty to hundred thousand. 100, exactly. Yeah. So and on, this was a smaller house, by the way. It is. It was a two bed, one bath, right? It was a two bedroom, one bath, right. correct. Okay. But it did have a detached garage in and the it back. It did have a detached yeah, garage, exactly. Yes. So on this one, we, we went with a light rehab, $30,000, that was completed in about three weeks. Right. Yeah. So it took us about two and a half months for the tenant to leave. Then we spent another three weeks, let's just call it 30 days. Right. And then we immediately uh, put it on the market and within a couple of days, we had multiple offers. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay, cool. So as far as that, um, that thought process and going into it, I, I kind of like what we did there because we had a, a, a exit strategy from the beginning. We knew exactly what we were going to do, right, based off where area we're in, based off the uh, rehab budget, right? Um, and so as far as resale price, um, you know, how did you, how did you come up with that price? Uh,
1: so again, comparables. Okay. Uh, um, you know, 450 was a number okay but uh because of the time that we were in we ended up listing this at 499. 499 yeah so again when we underwrite a deal it's worst case scenario okay so worst case scenario even if we would have listed listed this at 450. you know we bought it at 365 dollars into it. it would have been you know we still would have made some money but um, you know even at 450. However, we listed this at 499 because at the time, once we were done, there was a lot of comparables that were selling in the 500s. Okay, And we ended up going into contract for 525000
0: Okay, so, so I think one of the things is, uh, I want to mention to you on this, where was the market
1: at that time? As far as interest rates, do you remember? Yeah, I believe we were still in, in a uh, low interest rate market. Right. So still yeah. sellers market. seller's market, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah, okay. yeah I'm pretty sure.
0: Okay, so. We went over, right? Uh, we listed it and we got an offer at five twenty-five.
1: When five twenty-five, five twenty-five. Another thing I would add to uh, Eric is that it's very important to know the type of contractor you're working with, right? Okay, because there's contractors that all they need or all they want is instructions, and they'll right. follow the instructions to the T. Right. So now that puts a lot of burden on you. Um, or you have to hire, let's say, an interior designer, or right. someone like that to kind of give instructions as far as like, hey, this is how it needs to look. Right. So there's good contractors out there that would just follow instructions, you gotta let them know specifically what you want, and they'll get it done. Right. Then there's other contractors that actually, um, they give you advice, so they work with you. Right. Meaning you let them know, here here's what I want, and then while they're in the process, they're like, hey, you know, I advise this. What do you think about that? What if right. we do this color? What if right. we change this? And so luckily for us, we've partnered up with contractors and people that work with us that uh, have a lot of experience, experience 20, yeah. 30 years, you know, in, in, in this industry. Right. And working with a lot of investors. Right. So they give us a lot of pointers as well.
0: And As far, <laughs> as, far as this contractor... You worked with them in the past, yeah. so you guys definitely, yeah. obviously, have rapport and built yeah. relationship with each other, and kind of he kind of knows exactly.
1: You tell him to do something, he knows exactly how to do it. Exactly, you know. And, and what I mean by that is because we only, sp- again, I said we only spent thirty thousand dollars, so right. it's very cheap. But this guy made it look like this was a $50,000 uh, remodel. Right. And that's because again, h- you know, his experience, you know, the eye that he has there, you know, while he was doing, you know, the work, he, he advised, do this, do that. And it really didn't cost us a whole lot. Right. I looked like a $50,000 remodel, but ended up being only a $30,000 remodel. Got it. Yeah.
0: And I see here too, on um, the disposition costs, uh, because I want to remind people too, um, disposition, right, there's costs. Yeah you know, when it comes to selling a property, right? So you have to you obviously use that in your underwriting. I think a lot of people think, oh, okay, you know, just the purchase price and the down payment and the rehab, and that's pretty much it. No, you got to, it takes money to sell the property as well. 100%. You have to pay commissions, yep. right? Um, I see here that we did do a uh, buyer's credit
1: of 2,500 bucks. We did. So talking about a disposition costs, um, you know, commissions, Right. we typically, you know, spend about 4%. Okay. So two percent to the listing agent, two percent to the buyer's agent. Okay. So we always underwrite our deals for uh, at least a four percent commission. Right. Right. Um, and as far as in this particular transaction, you know, there were some issues that uh, still needed to be you know worked on because again, we didn't do a full rehab on this. Right. Right. So we were able to negotiate uh, twenty-five hundred dollars in credits. Got I it. think originally they had a request at ten thousand dollars. Right. Yeah, but again, this is when you hire, you know, you have a good team from right. the acquisitions to the contractors to the listing agents, right? Right. And so in this particular deal, listing agent was able to negotiate the price right. as far as what they were requesting uh, right. from 10000 down to $2,500. Right. Um, listing agent happened to be me on this one. Right, right. So you were
0: <laughs> negotiating. Somebody came in, hey, we want $10,000 in credits yeah. because of this. Yeah. I remember that fun, that conversation, yeah. and you kind of knew from your experience, like, "Yo, this guy's just trying to get, you know, yeah. some money for his clients." I would right. be doing the same thing, exactly. Right and that, now, right. I remember. So the yeah. buyer's
1: agent, uh, which I actually happen to know him as well, right. again being in the industry for over over a decade. Um, I knew that he he just wanted to get some money for his client, which right. you know he was doing his job and he did a fantastic job about it. Right. Um, but the ten thousand dollars that he was requesting for for repairs, I especially what he put right. in repairs, what <laughs> he wanted, right. I was like, that's, that's not worth cost. ten thousand right. dollars. So we ended up giving twenty five hundred dollars because you know it was still a good deal for us. Right. Um, so you know a full recap, you know we purchased this at three sixty five. Three sixty five. Uh, we spent thirty thousand in rehab, and we ended up selling it for five twenty five. <laughs> Okay. So the total cash required on this deal, meaning from purchase, down payment, holding costs, rehab, right, right. everything was 126,000. Right. And then we ended up netting a 38% return on this, which ends up being a net profit of $48,000. Right. Yeah.
0: Honestly, not looking back at this one, this one wasn't a base hit. This one was like a double. I would say like a double. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was a double. I think we did pretty good considering, you know, the area that we're in. Yeah. Right. C- considering that we did buy with the tenant. That's true. Right. Considering that we did only put 30k into it and made it look really good. Yeah. And considering you did a, a good job on negotiating um, those credits. Right. Right. And yeah. negotiating with the tenant yeah. as well, building yeah. that report. So, I think this one, looking back on it, man, it's kind of giving me a little heart attack. I like think this could have went <laughs> really bad really soon you know on it but it actually ended up being a good deal and this is uh you know those types of deals that um what comes into this is is really experience i think i think experience is the is 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 what kind of got us through this yeah you know uh because you know it it, you did have to negotiate with the seller Mm -hmm. right you did have to negotiate with his tenant the tenant you did have to negotiate with the agent yeah right and so all that was from experience and that's what a lot of people don't realize is there were so many different variables in this that came out of nowhere, right? Right. And this could've easily been like, you know what, we have to walk away from the deal, right? Would've killed the deal. We have a tenant, would've killed the deal. Somebody would've walked away from this, right? Right. right. But there's so many variables, and so for anybody coming into real estate, this is kind of the advantage, right? Or um, the value that somebody can provide with experience coming into this, and one, saving the deal, two, making the deal happen, and three, actually coming out profitable from this. You know what I mean? So that's kind of I want you guys to kind of grasp after you're listening. That's where experience comes in. that's exactly why I tell you guys, look, partner up with somebody. You want to get involved in real estate. You want to get in the game, right? Well, you know, get in the game with somebody that's played the game before. Right. Right. You know, it's a, I, I say that all the time is like having a mentor, or having somebody coach you is like the cheat code to life. Right. Somebody's played this game already. They know all the cheat codes that can get you to the next level, right, over and over and over again. Why? Because they've been there, right? Right. And so that's another reason why we opened up Luxem Capital, for anybody out there that wants to get involved, to come in, right, get in the game, get in the game, right, and make some money in real estate, right, become a success story. And as you're playing the game, you're learning along as well. Um, so this was a great deal. Um net profit of $48,000 on a property in Watts, I think that's a no brainer. I think we did a great job on that. Um, That was another great deal that we did together. Um, So for anybody out there that's, uh, you know, looking, hearing this, man, make sure if you got value from this, guys, make sure you just leave a comment. Um, Leave us a five star review. Um, There's a lot of nuggets that we went over this. Um, Is there anything else that you want to to Talk about specifically for this
1: deal, or do you want to go into something else? No, no, this, uh, I, like you said, I, I guess now that I look at it, it could be a double just because of all those factors that you just mentioned, right? Um, I don't think this would be a deal that we would take on again a, right now, yeah, in this market, yeah, uh, just because of you know high interest rates and you know just values are coming down, right? So, I mean. We would have to take this maybe at a you know at three hundred thousand versus three sixty five right right for it to make sense now but uh, yeah no I mean everything you're saying I agree with um, you know being in this business it looks it is glamorous but it, they make it out to be a lot more glamorous than it is you know it's a lot of hard work uh, there's a lot of risk you know because you know when you fix and flip technically speaking it's speculation right so no different than a day trader with stocks. You know, they buy it an X amount because they think that the stock is going to go to a higher price. Right. So basically what we're doing is speculating right. and then speculation is high risk, high reward. Exactly. Yeah. So the high reward is where people really get stuck on, but they, they don't pay attention to the high risk. Right. And that's where a lot of people who get into this business who are just beginning are the ones that fail. You know they lose fifty, hundred, or you know their entire money right. in in certain deals, and they don't know how to exit properly. Right. Um, and so you know it's one of these businesses where you can't be emotional. Right. Uh, you have to really do a lot of research. You have to you have to have the experience, right. realistically speaking. Um, and look, at the end of the day, when I started this, I had no mentorship, I had no coaching. Right. So I, my experience comes from. Going to university, You're right? You know what I mean. Right. So I, right. I had to pay my dues right. financially, right? You know, um, physically, l- emotionally, l- mentally, financially, and all of the above as well. <laughs> so you know, my experience comes from that. You right. know what I mean? Is is now I know how to handle certain situations. Um, I haven't had home runs all the time. I've had, you know, my losses as well. Right. And again, and it comes from the fact that I didn't partner up with anybody. Right. I didn't have a coach. I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have right. anybody. So now if I were to be getting into the game, for sure, and it's my first deal... I'm 100% would partner up with somebody. I'd rather get 50% of something than 100% of nothing. Right. You know what I mean? So right. um, that I mean that's pretty much it that I can add to this.
0: We're gonna call it quits on this episode right here. But um, like I said, if you guys got value out of this, make sure you share this with a friend, maybe share it with somebody that wants to get involved in real estate. Um, like I said, our, our goal with this whole podcast is just to provide value um, and get people educated. Um, and so this was really fun underwriting these deals, going back, looking at them and seeing, man, we actually, you know, got through this, right? You know, with, with, you know, untouched. Um, So it's actually cool to see all this. Uh, We have a couple more deals too. We have a lot of deals that we can, you know, do a deep dive on. Uh, We wanted to show you, you know, a base hit, a double, right? We showed you a a, uh, grand slam on the last episode, right? So you guys haven't listened to episode number two make sure you go back and listen to episode number two because we dove, we dove a little bit deeper on that one and we right. explained a lot of the things that we kind of talked about here um, on when it comes to you know purchasing a property, when it comes to rehabbing a property, when it comes to selling a property. We went through A to Z on episode two. We, got a, we went a little faster on this one. Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, guys, uh, make sure you guys you know, share this with your friend and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in, appreciate it.